take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. We're into a new series on inner alchemy. That's what I'm calling the process of transmutation we undergo when we learn how to consciously move out of the density of lower frequency energy fields of negativity to higher frequency fields like courage, love, joy, and peace, even bliss. Each week I'm sharing a new alchemical key with you. These keys unlock you. If you dedicated yourself to applying any one of them across the board and without exception, that one alone could free you from the bondage of the past, which is really the only prison we're in. The past and our relationship to the past, which is kept alive in us through our focus on it. I mean, consider this. The past only exists in your mind. Same with the future. It's just an imagining. Either we're stuck in the past, ruminating over what happened that shouldn't have happened, or what didn't happen that we believe should have happened. We're attached to our story from the past and how that's made us what we are, at least what we think we are. And we're projecting all of that past onto our future, anticipating it based on the past, often with fear or dread or anxiety. This is why so many people are afraid for the state of the world right now, because they're anticipating a future based on what they remember cellularly from times past and the many disasters and calamities we've lived through as human beings. It's understandable. This cellular memory comes through our lineage, our DNA. Chaos and disorder in the present trigger those subconscious memories in us. But because we're not aware of where the triggered feelings originate, we associate them with current circumstances. We see a cause-effect relationship there where there isn't one. Circumstances are just a trigger for long-standing emotional baggage to come up for processing. This is good news. It's an opportunity. It's why it's more important than ever to let go of emotional baggage and free yourself from the past. Because now more than ever, our future is not merely replication of past patterns. We're in a new energy which is discontinuous. We're in an energy we've never been in before. The potential upside is huge. The only thing that can keep us from experiencing this new Aquarian energy of unity, oneness, and the activation of so much of what has been dormant spiritual potential in us is our attachment to the past. That is the only thing between us and a higher consciousness version of ourselves and humanity and a living reality that reflects that. 
The field is not activating the old energies in us anymore. The field of consciousness, that's what I mean. The field of consciousness is not activating the old energies in us anymore. We're in a new paradigm. And I keep wanting to emphasize this because we need to trust it. <laughs> the only one who can activate or trigger the old energies, the old paradigm of linearity, war, competition, scarcity, fear, and so on, is us. The only one who can activate the past in us is us through attachment and reactivity based on old paradigms of fear, scarcity, and so on. And that's how powerful we are. <laughs> and as we've been discovering in the last three episodes of this series, the past in us, whatever subconscious memories are activated, whether it's in reaction to outer or inner influences, that's the vibration that determines our future, right? We are the creators here. And last time we talked about how that is a truth and it's an inescapable fact. We don't need to learn how to be the creators of our reality. We are the creator. We are one with the creator and the creator lives in us and we can't keep from creating. We don't need to learn how to use the law of attraction. We abide by it. We don't need to learn how to manifest a reality. It's happening automatically. And for most people, unconsciously, that's the thing. To become conscious in the process, that's what it's about now. To be awake and responsible for our creation, to own it without blame, to realize that our reality is manifested automatically through the lens of our paradigm and perception. But again, there's no blame. What is held in mind tends to manifest as an automatic consequence of what we have become. If we dwell in energy fields of fear, anger, guilt, and pridefulness, we're going to see a reflection of those energy fields in our lives. It's as simple, simple as that. But human incarnation offers a whole range of opportunities for choices. And it is through our choices that we are, again, automatically called to where we are in the field. It's impersonal. Our intrinsic innocence as human beings means that we are easily programmed and duped until we develop spiritual discernment. And that often comes with painful experience and suffering until we've had enough. That to summarize is what we covered in the first three episodes of this series. So if you haven't yet, I recommend you go back and listen to those so that you can get more depth. I told you a little while back that I would share with you a very simple way to solve any problem that appears on the screen of your reality. Today's key is that we truly can solve any problem from within ourselves with a very simple mantra. And I'm going to share that mantra with you today. First, we need to understand what a problem is. Given that we're responsible for our reality as it is right now, as it was manifested through us at our current level of perception and spiritual evolution, how do we deal with the so-called problems that crop up within that reality? Well, first off by realizing that we own those problems, that they belong to the content of our consciousness. They are the universe's way of showing us a reflection, a mirror of some unresolved energy within ourselves. Right, so let's first redefine what a problem is. A problem is, well, it's what we make a problem. <laughs> In reality, there are no problems, only situations. 
things are as they are. It's our resistance to something that makes it a problem, right? Something becomes a problem when we have a judgment of it as negative through perception. What's happening is some memory or program or karma, whatever word you choose, something like that is replaying in the subconscious mind. We're not aware of it in ourselves. So it gets projected onto the outside world. It's in us, but we experience it out there. This is already a radical new understanding of what a problem is. It's coming from within us and it's not an enemy unless we make it one. It is a friend showing us some inner distortion we need to see so that it can be healed. This is one of the ways that we can process unresolved karma. If we're willing to recognize the opportunity and not get caught up in the story. So up until now, when we've had a problem, we've tried to solve it by working on the problem itself, right? Because according to the world and our old way of seeing things, the problem seems to be out there caused by some situation or circumstance or some other person or people. This is like a cat that sees a bird on the TV screen and tries to catch it. <laughs> the bird seems to be there. Kitty thinks it's there. But actually it isn't. It's just a bunch of frequencies being transmitted that turn into images that seem real. We think it's adorable when the cat believes that the bird on the screen is real. It's very entertaining. It's adorable because we know it isn't real. <laughs> and yet we are just like the kitty when it comes to the screen of reality. If someone's behavior is upsetting you, you probably see them as the problem. So you might try to get them to change their behavior. The assumption is that if only the other person would be different, we would feel better. So we try to act on them, influence them, manipulate, or try to control them. We're batting at them on the screen, just like Kitty, right? Or maybe we quietly resent them. If your child is not behaving well, you probably have a bunch of different tactics and strategies to try to get them to change their behavior, right? You talk to them, you try to reason with them. Maybe you try to bargain or negotiate with them. Maybe you withhold privileges or try some form of punishment. Maybe you lose your temper and yell at them. All of these are different ways of trying to work on the problem because the problem seems to be outside yourself, right? It's natural for us to think, of course, the problem is out there. It's my kid. My kid's behavior is causing the problem. But where do you experience your child? Where do you experience the behavior? Where's the only place we can experience anything? In here. My experience of my child or anyone else or anything is inside me. It's an experience I'm having inside my awareness. Stay with me here. Have you ever had any experience outside of your own center of awareness? It's not how people are. It's how we experience them. Have you ever had a certain experience of a person and someone else has a totally different experience of that person? Many years ago in New York, when I was teaching gyrotonic expansion system, I had a mentor who had a reputation of being autocratic and disrespectful or downright mean uh, to teachers that he employed, of which I was one. 
I heard stories from some of my colleagues about things he did or said to them that seemed to bear witness to that reputation, and I, I believed those stories. But I had a totally different experience of him. Never once did he say or do anything demeaning or belittling or try to bully me the way that I heard he had done with others. That was just not how I experienced him. I experienced him as dedicated and caring, and I loved him. I didn't have a problem of my own to work out through my relationship with him, but some people, you know, other people obviously did. It's subjective. If everything I experience, I experience within myself, the only place I can work on anything is from within myself. If the problem that appears to be out there is actually a reflection of some inner conflict or subconscious program within me, where can I solve the problem? It's not how the person is. It's how I experience them. So what if I could address the problem I'm having with another person by working only on me? What if that's the only place I can work on the problem? What if that's the only place I can work on any problem? Any problem within my awareness, by virtue of the fact that it's within my awareness, must be mine to solve. It must in some way reflect a portion of my own subconscious data. So instead of trying to change the person's behavior, influence them, control them, cajole them, dominate them, plead with them, manipulate them, yell at them, and so on, I turn my attention to myself. The subconscious programs and memories in me are replaying and that's showing up as this problem that I'm having with another person. But it's just a reflection of something in me. I am responsible. I own this reality that I'm experiencing. How could it be any other way? So instead of seeing them as the source of the problem, I need to pay attention to me. What is this situation bringing up in me? What are my feelings? Upset, irritation, worry, frustration, helplessness, anger, hurt. Those are my feelings. Our reality is forming all around us based on the vibration of our thoughts and feelings, our interaction with the field of consciousness. And that which we are broadcasts a signal continually. And that signal is picked up by the receiver of the universe and gets streamed back to us on the screen of our reality. From moment to moment, we potentiate multiple timelines through the vibrational signature we offer. Our thoughts and feelings belong to us. No one else can make me upset or angry or afraid. The feelings were already there. The reactivity is part of my programming, my programming. <laughs> it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility because it's in me. You see, this is how, again, we have to differentiate between responsibility, taking ownership of something, and blame. Life is showing us something through problems. Life presents us with situations that bring up negative feelings, not to punish us or make us feel bad, but to give us an opportunity to make a choice to be responsible, responsible, responsible. <laughs> 
That's our ability to respond instead of reacting. Reactivity comes from unconsciousness. It's a knee-jerk reaction, right? Responsibility comes from consciousness. When we are responsible, we have the opportunity to raise our level of consciousness. That's why every situation is for us, not against us. Life is benevolent. It wants more life for us. It's showing me my anger and my fear, which is then contractive in me, anti-life, like a mirror so that I can free myself from it. When I was a young actor, just out of Juilliard, I had such a mirror, though I didn't have the awareness to understand it that way back then. There was another actress of my age, whom I knew from school, who seemed, from my point of view, to have all the qualities I felt deficient in. I told myself she was more beautiful than me, thinner than me, had a better singing voice than me, and she seemed to have all the confidence in the world. She was also married to a wealthy man, so she seemed to have no financial pressure. She lived in a hip downtown loft. I envied her. I was jealous of her. I was intimidated by her. And I also loved her because she had always shown me kindness. So you can see what a recipe for inner conflict was there. I felt guilty and ashamed for the resentment, and I reproached myself for not being bigger than those negative emotions I wanted to be. I just couldn't be. In addition to the constant litany of comparison where I could never measure up, back in those days, whatever successful exterior image I tried to project, and no matter how or many successes I was actually experiencing, it was never enough. And I was almost always plagued by terrible, terrible insecurity. I dreaded hearing that my friend had booked a job that I had desperately wanted, which happened more than once, because I couldn't seem to stop myself being sucked into a vortex of self-pity, and I would be there for days. It felt terrible that I couldn't just be happy for her, or anyone really, when good things happened. I was always comparing myself. It always made me unhappy. I knew it wasn't healthy. I knew I didn't like feeling that way, but I didn't know how to get out of the self-destructive cycle, nor did I understand the extent to which it was determining my own fortunes. I think I intuited a connection there, but I didn't really understand how it worked. I just knew that I felt crappy. Meanwhile, I kept a smile frozen on my face. <laughs> what a mess. Oh, it took me years to stop blaming the world for what I was feeling, what was coming 100% from me. It took me years to own what I had created, to take responsibility, and to tell myself the truth about where all my negativity had landed me. It took me years to realize that the way I saw things was my way, and that my mind was full of scorpions, to quote Shakespeare. It, it took me years to understand that I was the one and only creator of my happiness or misery. Our vibration draws us automatically to where we are in the field, and we live the experiences that are a match for the vibration we are offering. Everything is in perfect order, whether we like that order or not. This is really the ultimate act of self-honesty. We have to be willing to admit that to ourselves. And we really don't want to. It's so easy to blame 
anything else, right? And again, when we take responsibility, we're not blaming ourselves either. We're not removing blame from one source to another. No, we're letting go of blame. We're having compassion. We're realizing, okay, I don't see things clearly. This is coming from me and I want my sanity back. The stories of scarcity and heartbreak of my younger years were a reflection of that energy within myself. Even though it was only a reality in my mind, it seemed to be out there and happening to me, right? That's victim consciousness. The mirror was showing me all the negative emotions I was marinating in and creating my reality with. I was caught up in the reflection like Narcissus, believing it was real believing it was against me, struggling with it, fighting against it, running away from it. Does that sound familiar? Be compassionate with yourself. We all go through it. If I could speak to that younger self now, and why not, I would tell her compassionately that this fraught relationship with her friend existed only in her head, that it was a kindly mirror designed to show her that her mind was filled with fear. I would try to help her see that she resented her friend for perceived power that she felt she lacked, that every rejection felt like a stab to the heart because she didn't know how to choose herself, that her sense of security had to come from inside herself, not the world. I would ask her to search inwardly for the payoff that the ego was getting from her self-created drama. I would advise her to laugh a lot more and not take everything so seriously. She probably wouldn't have listened to her future self, but I would still try to teach her that every problem that seems to be out there can be solved from within. My teacher said to me, the conscious person transforms everything inside herself. If we want to be free and access our true power, we don't get to blame anyone or anything anymore, including ourselves. A problem out there is just an old program, memory, or karma replaying in our own subconscious. I use those words interchangeably, program, memory, karma, ego, it all amounts to the same thing. No matter how bad things have gotten, no matter how far things have gone, the past is over. It's over. We can start again from this moment once we take responsibility. So I told you I'd give you a very simple way to solve any problem from within, and here it is. Just say four simple phrases to yourself. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Notice you're saying those phrases to yourself. You're only ever talking to yourself anyway. These four phrases encompass the principles of humility, forgiveness, gratitude, and love. 
If you've ever heard of Huna, the ancient Hawaiian wisdom system, you might be familiar with these simple phrases derived from it. It's known as Ho'oponopono, which is to make right. It's all about getting right with yourself. The feeling that your relationship with yourself, others, nature, and the world is harmonious. You just feel right. But the principles behind the phrases are universal. Like all spiritual truth, it transcends any belief system, any religion, philosophy, or doctrine. Nobody can own those four phrases. They're universal. You can take any problem or conflict you're experiencing and work through it with these four phrases. I think of it as a form of quantum problem solving because it's nonlinear. All you have to do is speak the phrases to yourself aloud or silently and things begin to resolve themselves in a nonlinear way. Speak them without expectation, without trying to get something. In my experience, working with these four phrases can take the place of attempting to manage and control life. It seems to allow for an opening for infinite intelligence to work through you in the most appropriate way for your highest good and the highest good of everyone. Because that's what divinity does, right? It's never a win-lose with divinity. It's always a win-win. Let's break these phrases down uh, individually. Okay, so I'm sorry. That's humility. It's the acknowledgement that we don't know, nor can we ever know what causes we have set in motion that we no longer remember. We don't understand why things happen the way they do and we'll never understand. That's a waste of time and energy. We only see a minuscule piece of an infinite puzzle and what we do see, we're most likely misinterpreting, <laughs> right? Because of perception. So we just apologize because somewhere something happened and I'm experiencing the fruits of seeds I've sown in my ignorance at some other time. I'm sorry for whatever's going on in me that's creating this conflict. Notice I didn't blame anyone, including myself. All I know is that there's something going on in me that's manifesting as this situation, but I don't need to know what it is. It belongs to me, otherwise it wouldn't be in my life. I know that much. So I acknowledge it with humility. Please forgive me. Well, that's forgiveness. Please forgive me for whatever distortions I'm projecting onto this situation. Because I know I'm interpreting whatever this is according to the built-in limitations of my paradigm and perception. So I can be sure I don't see things clearly. I forgive myself for that. I forgive myself for that because I was programmed before I had any choice in the matter. And it's not just the programming from this lifetime, it's everything that came through the bloodline, all my other incarnations. I mean, whew, there's nothing I can do about that except for to let go, forgive myself for that. And I ask forgiveness of myself for any harm that might have come from the limitations of perception as I ask for and offer forgiveness to myself, because I'm only ever talking to myself, I'm asking for forgiveness and forgiving the world. Then there's thank you, gratitude. Thank you for bringing this situation into my life so that I can use it to set myself free. It's an opportunity 
I can now do the right thing. I can get right with myself about this. I'm not going to project blame onto anybody else. I'm not going to make a story around it, judge it, make it right or wrong. I'm not going to make meaning out of it or what does it mean about me or somebody else. I just drop all of that. This is an opportunity for me to let go and get right with myself. Thank you. Thank you for releasing this program, whatever it is, from my being. And finally, I love you. Again, who are we talking to? Well, we're talking to ourselves and we are one with all of creation. So whether you think of it as yourself or God, the universe, the great spirit, Christ, Buddha, it's all one. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. With these four phrases, I can solve any problem from within. I can transform any energy within myself, no matter how long it's been there. Now that's alchemy. And actually, I am not the one who's even solving the problem. You understand? Of my own self, I can do nothing. I do not see things as they are, but as I am. I can't see the whole picture. But there's a higher part of me that sees everything. That higher part of me can see the bird's eye view of life. It communicates with the infinite intelligence. You can think of it as the Holy Spirit, right? It communicates with the infinite intelligence and that is what dissolves the problem. I can of my own self do nothing. I seek not my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. It doesn't make sense that we would be here to just drown in our problems and, and never learn from them. There is an intelligence that wills that, that we be lifted up, that we transcend our problems, but we have to ask. We have to ask because divinity never forces anything on us. I have to give my permission. How do I give my permission? By saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And by the way, it doesn't matter what order you say them in. You can say them in any order, okay? Ideally, the more we practice this technique, the quicker we catch on and things don't have to blow up in our faces as much anymore. This week, start using these four phrases whenever a problem appears. You can say the words to yourself out loud or silently. If you find yourself thinking thoughts that upset you, replace those thoughts with this mantra. Do it without expectation, just for its own sake, and notice life around you. When you make this mantra a part of your daily life, you are aligning with the most powerful spiritual principles in the universe. Humility, forgiveness, gratitude, and love. I'll see you next time. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.